welcome to the Arts Access Florida podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Jackson. Arts Access Florida is a comprehensive initiative designed to shine a spotlight on your neighborhood's diverse arts organizations. Each episode will highlight their programs and more importantly, amplify the voices of the people they impact. Conversations, community, and connections. That is the value in engaging with your local arts organizations. Arts access equals arts access. Support for Arts Access Florida comes from the Community Foundation of Tampa Bay. Championing philanthropy, encouraging and connecting givers to bring lasting good, investing in education and economic mobility. Learn more at cftampabay.org. In honor of Juneteenth, Arts Access Florida presents a bonus podcast episode highlighting the Henry B. Plant special exhibit on Booker T. Washington's 1912 visit to Tampa. When the train comes along, Booker T. Washington at the Tampa Bay Casino explores the impact of Washington's visit. We spoke with curators Susan Carter and Dr. Charles McGraw-Grow of the University of Tampa to learn about this forgotten chapter in Tampa's local history and civil rights movement. Hi, Susan and Charles. Welcome to the Arts Access Florida podcast. How are you? Great. Nice to be here. Tell us a little bit about your roles at the Henry B. Plant Museum. So, Charles, we'll start with you. Sure. Uh, So I'm an associate professor of history at the University of Tampa, uh, and I've been working for several years uh, on some programming with the Henry B. Plant Museum. Um, And then I have students that are very actively involved there as well. And uh, currently, I serve as guest curator for the exhibit that we're talking about today uh, on Booker T. Washington's uh, uh, talk at the Tampa Bay Casino. And Susan, what do you do? Yes, I'm the curator of collections and the registrar for the Henry Plant Museum. And so I do a lot of um, historic preservation work, manage the art and decorative art collection for the museum, and get to work on exhibits with wonderful people like Charles. Wonderful. So I see the museum has dedicated an exhibit to Booker T. Washington's famous speech at the Tampa Bay Casino uh, back in December of 1912. Uh, Charles, for listeners who don't know um, who Booker T. Washington was, can you give us a little insight? Sure. Uh, Booker T. Washington was the founder and principal of the Tuskegee Institute in Alabama, which he built into the um, leading uh, uh, school, um, uh, particularly uh, uh, higher education for African-Americans in the country. Um, He became nationally prominent in the 1890s. And it's something that we actually explore in the exhibit. We have some amazing materials on loan from the Atlanta History Center. Uh, Washington gave a speech for the opening day of the Atlanta Exposition. And some uh, of your listeners are going to be very familiar with this because it's become known as the Atlanta Compromise um, at a time where African-Americans were uh, really victimized by a tremendous amount of violence. Uh, He put forth this idea that African-Americans would 
refrain from trying to regain political and civil rights that had been taken away uh, and instead would focus on economic advancement. And then for their part, whites would support educational and economic opportunities for African-Americans. This speech attracted tremendous attention across the country. It was very popular uh, with whites and blacks. Um, Although I think as some people know, over the course of time, um, there were more and more critics in the black community because it appeared that whites weren't holding up their end of that bargain. Um, But he continued to be the most influential black leader in the United States up until the time of his death in 1915. Um, And he remained very firmly committed to, again, trying to build uh, those educational and economic opportunities for African-Americans. We're picking up his story in 1912 when he gave address at the Tampa Casino uh, on the grounds of the Tampa Bay Hotel. So what was the speech about? The title. I'm so curious about that. What was the well, so the, the title of the exhibit, which is what you're referencing, um, is not actually something that's contained in his speech. Oh. Um, the title of the exhibit, when the train comes along, is actually taken from um, a period folk song. Um, part of the program when Washington spoke at the casino um, were a number of spirituals and other traditional songs uh, that were performed. Um, And we don't know all of them. And so we don't specifically know um, uh, how familiar the audience would have been with the specific song that we chose when the train comes along. Mm -hmm. Um, But we liked it as something that represented the period, but then also represented a phenomenon that was so important to our exhibit, which is that Washington, in order to actually speak here, had to deal with segregated railway transportation. Um, And then, of course, you know, segregation also meant that he could not stay in the hotel and the casino seating itself was segregated. So we wanted to make sure that we brought that reference to trains as early as possible into the exhibit. Um, But his actual speech when he spoke at the casino in 1912 very much continued to hit those themes that I mentioned that were a hallmark of his activism, uh, meaning really supporting Uh, education, economic opportunity, because he saw the long-term success of African-Americans being directly tied to land ownership and also business ownership. He played such a pivotal part in Tampa's history, in Tampa's Black history. As an African-American woman myself, I did not know this. He um, has such a, plays such a huge part of history here. Well, he did very much nationally, but also in Tampa. One of the things that is really exciting about the exhibit is that most of the focus of the exhibit is actually on people in Tampa. Um, We use his speech as an opportunity to look at both the reality of Jim Crow race relations and legal segregation, but also black community building as a response. And so we pay a lot of attention to the local members of the black community that helped organize this event. Um, And along the way, what we do see is that Booker T. Washington had very deep connections to this community um, that continued really long after his death. And Susan, you're the one curating uh, this exhibit. That's is that correct? 
Well, Charles is our guest curator and my responsibility was to acquire a lot of the loans and do the paperwork and help with the mounting and preparation. Mm -hmm. And it was just so exciting to put this together. Um, one of the things that we have on one of the walls is a 1912 Rand McNally map. And we've blown it up wall size so visitors can come in and they can see each one of the different tour stops. Washington had almost maybe 10 different stops throughout Florida. So you can see a little train driving through the state on the map and it shows you all the different stops. And it's just um, great fun to see all those old Florida cities and exactly where he went. And then um, next to the map, we have some large photographs that show him giving his speech at the various different venues. And there's one photograph that's um, one of my favorites. It shows Washington and his entourage in front of orange trees holding oranges in Daytona. And then we have one of him leaning out the train car window um, along his tour. So it's just very exciting. He started up in Pensacola and made his way all the way down to Tampa and then back up the state again and actually used four different um, rail routes, different um, train lines, um, you know, Atlantic coastline, um, Florida East Coast, depending on where he was um, in the state. And as you're describing these images, uh, I can see them and I can only imagine the experience of your guests that come to visit. It's like they're stepping back into time and learning about him in Tampa's history. Exactly. And wow. for, for the museum, we've had Washington's portrait on the wall um, in our sports and amusements area. And visitors, when they don't read the captions and they just look they've always kind of assumed and especially school children that washington stayed in the hotel that he was one of the guests mm. but he was not he would not have been allowed to stay in the hotel during that time period and so this whole exhibit has brought that to light and showed you the behind the scenes about washington and what he did here and each wall in the exhibit room um, shows a whole different theme and Charles can go into more detail about that because we've got some um, great stories that go along with the cigar industry ah. and a, a discovery that Charles made that was exciting. Yes, I'd like to hear more about that, Charles, if you don't mind. Of course. Um, <laughs> so uh, I think one of the things that, that is so important to recognize about this exhibit is that um, I think it really showcases how we have to think creatively to overcome um, some of the problems of the past, because, you know, the reality is um, uh, a lot of records that we would like to have had preserved in the Black community were not, right, by, by dominant institutions, you know, archives. Uh, and so it was a challenge to actually reconstruct exactly what had happened locally um, based on traditional materials. So we benefited greatly from two things. One is, fortunately, Booker T. Washington uh, kept all of his correspondence with local members of the community in Tampa. And those records are preserved by the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C., and so in many ways, you can find out more about the local community in Tampa than you can by visiting some libraries and archives. Uh, I was thinking, like you can find out more, right? By going to the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. 
as opposed to actually going to a library or a repository in Tampa, right? Mm -hmm. So so we were really, really fortunate to be able to make use of all of those materials. And you'll see some of these really wonderful letters uh, in the exhibit itself. In addition to that, um, the director of the Henry B. Plant Museum um, placed an ad in the local African American newspaper um, saying that we were seeking information and that um, uh, advertisement was passed along um, by somebody here in the community who uh, was in her late 90s uh, to a friend who was in Maryland, who turned out to be the niece of one of our central subjects. Uh, and then I was able to do uh, an oral history with a member of the family uh, to really gain a lot of information that we didn't know. Uh, and then he also very graciously provided us with some of the private photographs that are on, on exhibit um, in the display, something that you otherwise would not be able to see. Uh, and they all revolve around that particular set of stories with the oral history. J. Andrew Williams, who um, fairly young man, he was in his early 30s, and as an African-American man, he had the distinction of owning a cigar factory in Tampa. Uh, and he was very, very widely known in uh, um, uh, the larger Black community in the country. Uh, he advertised in a variety of race papers around the country. Um, people would actually order his cigars from far away. Uh, but he was actually a member of the National Negro Business League, which was an organization that was started by Booker T. Washington. And uh, Williams played a very large role in the visit. Uh, he hosted part of the traveling party. Uh, Booker T. Washington traveled with a number of um, just leading members of the Black community. So there were educators, there were doctors, there were uh, business owners. Uh, but of course, none of those people could stay in hotels. And so local members of the Black community had to host them. J. Andrew Williams was one of those hosts. Uh, he also provided cigars for the banquet. Um, and Booker T. Washington toured his factory before he left town the next day um, and very much saw Williams as, I think, a model of what he really, you know, espoused in terms of business ownership as a path to success. And when you mention um, cigar, my mind immediately goes to uh, Ybor City. So is that what you're referencing? Uh, Booker yeah. Had a connection. yeah, and that actually, I'm so glad that you said that because it, it really, I think, shows one of the other things that we found that is so fascinating. So um, J. Andrew Williams uh, and his brothers, they all apprenticed in the cigar trade in Ybor City. Right. Um, and so what we are seeing here are some of the links between the African-American community in Tampa and the Afro-Cuban community. And what's happening in this time period, I mentioned that, you know, part of the uh, um, context of this exhibit is watching legal segregation spread in Tampa. And one of the things that's happening is that Afro-Cubans are being singled out, whereas traditionally the Cuban population in Tampa was just, you know, a mixed race population um, that shared institutions. But as segregation spread, Afro-Cubans are being defined as set apart and are actually losing access to a lot of services 
like African Americans. Mm -hmm. And so they're founding their own institutions. And for a while, they're very hesitant to join with African Americans because, you know, they're trying to keep a status and they feel that they're admitting defeat by joining together with African Americans who are very much being pushed to the outskirts of the campus community. Um, but what we found is, you know, Williams is an example of the informal connection between those communities. And then one of the other things that was also in Booker T. Washington paper, uh, questions papers, excuse me, was um, correspondence with the Marti Maceo Society, which was a, a municipal aid organization for Afro-Cubans in Ybor City. And they seem to have played a very large role in the reception that took place after Washington's talk. And so we found this very early example of a formal connection between these two parts of the black community, greater black community of Tampa, um, at a time where people assumed that they were not actually forming these associations. And so we also have some very beautiful materials on loan uh, from both the society itself and um, USF Spatial Collections on the Marti Mateo Society. And I, and I also read that um, Booker T. Washington, he really brought together the white, black, and Latin populations in the community. So he brought them together. And then I think he also highlighted the distance between them. Um, Washington was a very successful speaker in that he could say something that whites would interpret one way mm -hmm. and African-Americans would understand to be something else. Um, very, very skilled as an orator. Um, and so he managed to, I think, make claims on the white community without, um, uh, you know, offending them in a way that that you know would would um, be dangerous, obviously, for an educator in Alabama. Um, remember, this is the heyday of lynching in the United States. Uh, so he was very successful at that. So, so he was very popular uh, in the white community. Uh, when we pick up this story in the casino. I think it really shows, uh, again, how far apart these communities have become. Um, the Tampa Bay Casino, uh, which Susan can tell you more about, which is just an extraordinary, extraordinary part of our history, um, was an entertainment space on the grounds of the hotel. It was actually purchased by the city along with the hotel in 1904. Uh, and uh, so the casino at the time that the black community rented it for Washington's address um, was basically city property. And so at a time where they're being pushed out of the public sphere, excluded from so many institutions, they're really staking a claim by using this particular venue, which is the most important venue in Tampa. But there was a concession that they had to make, which is the casino was segregated. So uh, African-Americans would purchase their tickets uh, in one location, and then whites would actually purchase their tickets in another location. The seating itself was segregated. And there was actually someone connected with the casino, we don't know who, who actually put sheeting down the aisle to separate the black portion of the audience from the whites. Uh, and that was the line too far for Booker T. Washington himself. Right. He insisted that the sheeting be removed before he would actually speak. 
let me back it up just a tiny bit and tell you that the casino was put on the property by Henry Plant back in 1896. It was an added attraction to the property for the sole purpose of entertainment. Um, many people hear the word casino and think it's gambling, but on the Tampa Bay Hotel grounds, it was not. That was a term that was used for the social hall. So um, it was one of Tampa's earliest performance halls. And even after the hotel closed, as Charles mentioned, the city took it over and embraced it. And civic organizations had events there. Local high schools had graduations there. American Legion Post um, met there. All kinds of things went on. And so in 1912, that was where Booker T. Washington gave his um, speech. But the um, fun thing about the casino is it had an indoor swimming pool and also a bowling alley and spa facilities. <laughs> so all these things went on in the same building, but it was quite a large uh, building that sat between the river and the main hotel building on the grounds, kind of where the Southern building is today, if you know the University of Tampa campus mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. And um, unfortunately it burned down in 1941. So we no longer have the property. But in this exhibit, we have some wonderful photographs that show what it once looked like mm -hmm. and how it was used. And we found a very, very rare photograph of the interior um, out at the 1914 schoolhouse uh, in Plant City. They happen to have it in their archives. So this was just an amazing find. So that is blown up and on the wall for all to see here with this exhibit. Um, but that kind of gives you a little bit more info on the casino and I just hope that people will come and, and have a look in person. Charles and Susan, I want to thank you so much for being a part of this podcast and just oh, teaching me so much about Booker T. Washington and Tampa's history and Tampa's Black history and Afro-Latino community. And just thank you so much for your contribution to our community. Thank you. We are so excited about the exhibit. Please come see it. Oh, yes, you'll see me soon. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And do come and see us. This conversation was incredibly eye-opening to me as a Black woman living in Tampa. It's wonderful to know that there are museums that are highlighting the pivotal role that Tampa Bay has played in African-American history. The Booker T. Washington exhibit will be at the Henry B. Plant Museum until December 23rd. More information on this exhibit and the museum can be found in our show notes. I'm Brianna Jackson, and you have been listening to the Arts Access Florida podcast. This show is a product of WUSF Public Media with the help of our founding sponsor, the Community Foundation of Tampa Bay. Our show is produced by Aaliyah Moffitt, Chandler Balcom, and Leslie Laney. A special thanks to our editor, Scott Walkler, and our entire engineering team. You can find out more information, performances, and other content that our local arts groups are creating by following us on Facebook or Instagram and visiting our website, artsaccessflorida.org. That's arts, A-X-I-S-F-L.org. Copyright 2021, WUSF Public Media.